Welcome to another episode of Tell Me More, hosted by myself, Renee Shagnon. Today, I'm excited to welcome my colleague, Kim Peffley, to the podcast. Kim is a consultant with NHPA. Before joining the association, she served as general manager for a seven-store chain of eight stores in northern Indiana. She began her career in the home improvement industry over 25 years ago. Today, we'll talk a little about her journey in the industry, how she now serves retailers as a consultant with NHPA, and finally, we'll focus on soft skills and how they are viewed and improved, up- and improved upon with resources available from NHPA. Welcome to the podcast, Kim. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Of course. So I guess to get started, um, do you mind maybe elaborating on what I was just able to share with our listeners about who you are, your um, background in the industry, and, you know, kind of give us a synopsis of your career so far? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, My parents built a hardware store when I was in high school, so um, I kind of grew up learning about how to start a hardware store. So when I was about 15 years old, we started the conversation of building a true value store as a standalone store, and we actually built the building itself. So we talked about it at pretty much breakfast, lunch, and dinner. The first real meetings were in our living room or our dining room. Um, the employees' first couple days actually were at our house. <laughs> and so oh we definitely at blueprints and all the details of how to run a business. And so it was really interesting to be able to see both sides of it. So I had the lucky opportunity to be an employee um, at the business. So I started as a part-time high school cashier. And so I worked nights and weekends in the store, but obviously every holiday dinner and meal, we learned about the back end of the business. So I think that's what really gave me passion to understand how the business was run and why every single thing that happens in a hardware store makes a difference in the long run. Mm -hmm. Um, We had added on at one point and built a garden center, and so we learned a great deal about that, and I had the opportunity to work sales and then run the garden center and ultimately manage um, the store. My parents sold their store after about 12 and a half years to a group of Ace Hardware's, and my parents had a true value store, and they sold it to um, a chain of Ace Hardware stores that's in northern Indiana, and so at the time, they had four stores, and they had bought Um, they were opening another location and buying my parents. So they went from four to six. And so it was a big transition and a big change time for us. And my sister, both my sister and I decided to stay on with the new um, ownership and give it a shot and see what we could learn about uh, how a different company is run and learn a little bit more about um, a different chain as well. And so Um, We ended up both staying on with the company. I ended up managing um, one of the locations and then was fortunate enough to manage a couple different locations. The stores that I worked with, the Chain of Ace, had seven stores. Um, Incredible family. They've been in business for over 100 years um, and I think they're fourth generation now. So it was a real pleasure to work with them. We were able to learn so much more about going from a single store to uh, a unit of stores. So it was really, really great. Um, I ended up running and overseeing all seven stores. So I started as a part-time cashier and became a general manager over seven retail stores. And um, so I speak very passionately about the industry because I've truly filled every role um, that there is to fill within the organization. So development, um, I've worked with frontline and managers. Um, We've done retail, 
we've done merchandising in the retail stores. We've done brand new stores. So we've added stores to the fleet. Um, we had merchandising standards, inventory standards, and really just focusing on driving the sales. But ultimately, my passion within the industry has always been on developing others and working with mm-hmm. teams. So I yeah. love that. If you weren't in our end or if you weren't uh, with us, I'd be like, you'd be a great young retailer of the year. <laughs> I know, right? I'm a little too old now. I, I just missed the mark. <laughs> well, but thank you. I appreciate it. You that. look like a young retailer to me. Thank That's you. awesome. So, so you did that. And then, um, and then what kind of shifted you into more of like the consulting side of things? That's a great question. So I'm, I've always been, um, really passionate about the industry. And so, so much so that my poor husband had to visit hardware stores in every vacation spot that we ever went to. Right. And I know I share that in common with those who are passionate about the industry. And I just have always wanted to know how other stores were run and what made them tick. I I'm curious about businesses all the time, even restaurants, we go to grocery stores. I want to kind of unpack their business theory and see how it works. And, And so I was very drawn to it. And so um, when I started looking into um, NRHA at the time and now NHPA, um, I was really drawn by the actual mission of the association to help independent home improvement paint and decorator retails, regardless of affiliation, become better and more profitable retailers. And that to me was really aligned with my personal core values. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always wanted to help other people. Um, when I went to college, um, when my parents sold in the store, I studied education. And so I'm so passionate about development and education. And it almost seems like the perfect fit to join on as a consultant where I could continue to learn and develop. I could share what I have already learned in the industry and mm-hmm. share what I've learned from other retailers, as well as my um, formal education background into some of the development programs. And I was just continually keep kept being drawn to it um, and pursued an opportunity. And so now I'm working as a consultant um, in multiple programs. So I'm DISC certified. So I do some DISC certifications with um, and presentations and um, help retailers with their DISC assessments. I also work within um, a couple other consulting programs. So I do direct consulting, but we also have programs like our vision process and mm-hmm. our team building program. And I'm very well aligned with the development side as well. So I work directly with foundations of leadership. And I also present at um, uh, the RMCP retail management certification program. So I'm yeah. kind of all through, <laughs> all through, but I've really found that it aligns with not only my passion, but my history. And um, I'm really enjoying just being out there and helping retailers every day. For anyone who heard like, you know, disc or vision process or this or that, could you maybe give like a little short synopsis over some of the different resources that NHPA has to offer and that if they hear that and after listening to the rest of this podcast, maybe they're going to want to learn more. Should they just contact you or Scott or like kind of tell yeah. them what some of those things are and if it's something that eventually would help them, who know? I mean, why not? Yeah, absolutely. And I think what's what's really amazing about NHPA is that there's such a variety of options that are available. So how much you want to get involved um, or how you know how big you want to get involved is really ultimately up to you. And so there's a lot of free resources that are available. Um, and I would say our number one resource first is to connect and go to the website. So your NHPA.org. Sure. 
and visit us. But within there, um, some of the programs that I was referring to is we've recently added to our repertoire um, DISC assessments. And so um, we can dive into DISC a little bit um, here, but everything DISC is a personalized learning experience. So you'll take an assessment and the assessment's designed custom to you and it teaches you a great deal um, about yourself and it gives you real personalized um, uh, features or insights about who you are as a person and kind of what makes you tick so that you can mm -hmm. better fully understand who you are and what motivates you, what stresses you. Um, and then it also teaches you about other styles, right? So we know not every personality style is the same and some we get along with and some not so much and that's okay. And so teaches us about conflict management and how to improve our communication. So communication is key to the success of any business and how effective they can be. It's also one of the top complaints that we get from employees is that they're not getting enough communication. So DISC is a real powerful tool that you can use just at an ownership level, or you can have your management team go through it. You can have your whole store go through it. So we've got lots of availabilities and we customize that training specifically for your organization. So we follow it up with webinars that are based for you and, and your organization and say, let's talk about your assessment. And so it's a little different than what you may see traditionally when you look at assessments where you take the assessment it gets emailed to you and then you're kind of on your own we're mm -hmm. here to really support you and and work through that and so that's one of the really unique things and I, I don't know if you want to dive into the four styles or we can talk about some of the other options too but well, well maybe you could share a little bit more about some of the other just like briefly what yeah. like vision is and some of those others and then we can dive more into disc a little further because that kind of ties okay. into the topic of today too Sure, absolutely. Um, so the vision process is a year-long process where we actually come out to your store. So we'll visit your store um, and or stores, if you have multiple times, four times a year. And we help you build in um, and really examine the people side of your business, right? So we'll come in and evaluate kind of where you're at. We come from a place of support and not judgment. So I know a lot of times people get nervous to say, hey, can we, I don't know if I want someone to come in and kind of see behind the curtain, but know that we come in um, definitely there to help and support and, and guide you on some things that have worked for other retailers. It's a set program that helps you build your core value programs, put together increased communication. We build in um, team building exercises, time management exercises, and even some operational procedures that will really help you to ensure your business is run effectively and that your team is developed and trained. So it's an all-encompassed program that includes year-long consulting services as well as four on-site location visits. And there's a lot of um, information about that. And obviously, um, if you want any more information, we'd love to share that with you and go into deeper detail. Um, you can reach out to either Scott or I on that. But it is a very inclusive program, and you get a great deal of that. And I think what really is key there is the on-site location. And so mm -hmm. when we get our feet on the ground in your store, it becomes real personal. And we definitely um, can, can see things that maybe you don't see on a regular basis that can really help you but it also you get a, a whole package of things that come along with it including some disc assessments for the key yeah. players and some training and we do a lot of management development as well sure we also have the team builder uh, program, which is if where you're not really sure where you stand, right? Do you need a year-long program? 
program? Do you need to just take the assessments? Are, are you somewhere in between? And that's a great program where we can come out for one visit and do some disc and, and take uh, a little peek at your business and really look into some of the key drivers that are within your business and, and give you an overall final assessment of where we think there's some growth opportunities within your organization. And so we also not just visit, but we do the disc and then we also give you a full report afterwards and then work with you one-on-one um, -on -one to talk about where some opportunities are within your business to help the people side of your business and some operational functions. So there's a lot of stuff that is really designed to say, hey, let's focus on your business and let's see what we can do and what tools we can provide to help you, whether you are looking to grow or expand, to increase your sales, to maybe look at succession planning, where all of those options are things that we can help you with and either connect you to the right person or, or just directly help you right there. That's awesome. Well, well, it's great to have kind of an overview for anyone who's listening and going, okay, so NHPA offers consulting. Um, what does that include? So now they know some of the different uh, resources and things that they can get extra information on. And, and hopefully you could be kind of that point person for them. And I'll, if someone reaches out to me, I'll make sure to point them to you. But um, the reason, one of the main reasons I wanted to have you on today is because I'm part of a group. And so at NHPA and with Hardware Retailing Magazine and Paint and Decorating Retailer Magazine, we, um, we try and bring teams together to work through different stories and, and kind of have a theme in mind. So right now, um, I'm on, in a group that's working on really looking at soft skills. Um, so we're going to have an upcoming uh, issue of the magazine is going to feature soft skills and um, kind of what that means in a retailer's operation. Um, but we also wanted to expand upon it a little more and, and you know, speaking and you've, you've touched on disc a bit, but, um, you know, some of the soft skills for someone, maybe you're listening, you don't know what it's, what soft skills are. Um, a few examples are communication, adaptability, leadership, teamwork, time management, emotional intelligence, the list kind of goes on. But, um, before we dive into the disc side of things, when you look at your time as a retailer, what would you say are some of the soft skills that were important in the retail setting to you? And are there any that maybe stick out as like, those were really important to us? Yeah, that's a great question. And honestly, I think this is such an important topic, um, especially now. So there's so much time and energy invested into hard skills, which are things that you, you know, like say product knowledge, right? So we can mm -hmm. very easily paint training, plumbing training. And there's a lot of that that we have available and a lot, a lot of companies have available, right? Even if you work directly with the vendor. But there's a whole other side of the skills that people need to have, not only just to exist in day-to-day -day life, but to exist in a retail store and really, you know, thrive and do and do well. And so some that really stand out to me that I would say everyone in the store should be working on would be communication. I mm -hmm. think we'll go back to it over and over again. But if you look and interview anyone and say, what do you wish you had more of at work? It'd be communication. Um, we'd also um, think that we need to do a better job at being problem solvers and being more resilient. So one of the things as we went through this pandemic is um, we definitely realized that there was fewer problem solvers within the organizations than we needed there to be. And so those folks that were the ones that were solving the problems got really overwhelmed. And so if you're always taking, I always say, it's like if you have a backpack on and everyone brings you your problems and you put one backpack, you put one problem in the backpack, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a little bit heavier. And then you put another one in and another one in and another one in and another one in. All of a sudden, you literally are going to break your back with problems. And so 
I think we need to do a better job of ensuring that our teams know how to solve problems um, within certain guidelines and rules within our, our company. We also need to be more resilient and adapting to change. Um, customer service is a big one for me. I think that we don't talk about it enough, but some soft skills are eye contact and smiling and being able to communicate with customers and, and being there for your team. So those are for everybody. There's a whole secondary line that's incredibly crucial for the managers and leaders and owners of companies, sure. which are uh, holding people accountable, giving feedback, um, conflict resolution is a huge one, right? So people just do not feel comfortable giving other people negative feedback. So they just don't do it. And so they just completely mm -hmm. avoid the situation and they're like, well, it'll just fix itself or it'll go away with time or <laughs> maybe someone else. And then usually what happens is it bottles up and then it ends up exploding and, you know, it's not yeah. the best. <laughs> it's not the best. Yeah. And um, there's a really good example someone said about um, conflict resolution, which is, you know, you you really do need to give feedback on a regular basis. Um, if not, how does somebody know what they're doing? So it's, somebody gave an example in an article that said, you know, like I was running a marathon. What if you were training for a marathon, right? And so you're training for a marathon and just every once in a while, somebody yelled, good job. You would have no idea mm -hmm. if it was like, what was good or what wasn't good and so you know you need to naturally be be really good at that and then one that i think is on everybody's mind all the time that's so important is utilizing your time management skills sure well those are great and i and i i'm sure retailers hear this and go okay soft skills hard skills um, that makes sense. So if someone's listening though, and this is something that I think even in the feature that Lindsay are the, uh, the author of the article is working through, um, is it's, it's talked about, but there aren't like a lot of like, here, take this or do this to improve your soft skills. So kind right. of what the whole thing she's trying to do is bring awareness to it and also, um, talk to retailers that are utilizing soft skills or, or improving upon soft skills. And then, you know, hopefully maybe you have some tips and things of how we can um, touch upon soft skills. And so that's why I wanted to bring up DISC again. Um, so for anyone who's listening back in the earlier part of 2021, we, um, we did a story all about everything DISC and we had a webinar with Kim. We actually did two webinars with Kim. Um, so if you go to yournhpa.org and go to webinars, you can go down, scroll down to the bottom and you'll be able to find um, the ones on everything disc. There's one that I think is just an informational one and then one where she interviews retailers who have used it. But um, maybe do you mind, Kim, giving our listeners a little more of an expanded, you started to talk about it, but maybe give them a more expanded um, version of what disc really is and what the four letters are because you already kind of started to introduce it. But um, And then we'll tie that into how that affects um, soft skills. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think that um, DISC is, it's really interesting. The farther you dive into DISC, the, the more it is really a powerful tool to train on soft skills. So a lot of times people say um, you can't train soft skills. You absolutely can. Um, they're hard to for people to really wrap around and get a good mm -hmm. understanding on because they're sure. very you know, fluid. Um, yeah. And so everything, everything DISC really dives into that, right? And so some of the things that the Everything DISC profile does, and so basically what happens is you'll get an email that asks 
asks you to take an assessment and the assessment will ask you a variety of questions that narrow down basically what some of your um, personality or behavioral tendencies may be. And so then it will put um, you, it'll plot you on what is a circle. And so if you haven't seen a circle, DISC has a circle within it and there's those four quadrants. And so when you hear people talking about DISC, it's called DISC because it's built up of the letters D, I, S and C. And so once you've kind of been plotted in a certain plot on DISC, um, it'll tell you a little bit more about that specific quadrant and what your style is. So overall, like kind of put simply for DISC, you're going to learn more about your own self, your communication style, what motivates you, what stresses you, and then actionable items for your growth moving forward. So that's kind of phase one is like, Renee, you're going to take this assessment and we're going to learn about Renee, right? And mm -hmm. so, and you have taken this assessment, right? I'm and an so, eye on the, in the middle and the outside of the circle. Like, outside yes. of the circle, <laughs> in the middle, I'm just eye out there. She's like, she's beyond the dot in the eye. She's like, she is the eye to the extreme, yes. right? And so, and that's something that's important as we note too. So let's talk about the, the four styles, right? And okay. even the four styles later down in break down a little bit, but the four styles are dominance, that's the D, influence, that's the I, steadiness is the S, and then conscientious is the C. If you look at the circle, um, there's four quadrants. The top is really considered to be more like, are you fast paced? Um, do you consider yourself direct? You know, do you do you move at a faster pace? Some would say extrovert potentially. And so are you really mm -hmm. looking at moving fast, right? And the bottom is more, are you a more moderate pace? Um, and then you can look at the left and right and get an idea. But there's definitely a difference between where everyone falls. And each category is uniquely its own um, strong in certain categories and has opportunities mm -hmm. in others, right? Yeah. So all things, there, there's the good and, and the potential in all things. But what we do know is that learning about who we really are and who um, are, you know, to the core of who we are and to where we're most comfortable can teach us a great deal about ourselves and really help with self-awareness. Um, mm -hmm. But it also helps us learn about other styles. So it's there's other styles besides eyes in the circle that, you know, Renee, you need to know about, right? And yeah. so you need to know a little, you're, you're very well, well versed in the eyes because you are um, an eye with, uh, you know, to the extreme, right? To the outside of the circle. Sure. Just those that are wondering what we're talking about, the farther your circle is to the outside, the more prominent that personality style is to you, <laughs> the more so your eye is closer to the center of the circle, the more well balanced uh, of the yeah. four styles. But everyone is all four styles so Renee has a little bit of, of all of them in there for sure um I'm I'm an ID so I'm kind of like right in between the ID but I as well flex all the way out of the circle so we we like to um definitely have our dots to the extreme so when we read through our assessments every you know almost every line feels very relevant and real to us whereas if you're um someone closer to the center of the circle there may be some things that you connect with and some that you don't but you are absolutely welcome to customize it and the report really does um, it doesn't set questions for everybody so if you ask certain if you answer a certain question a certain way and it feels like hmm, you might have answered that differently it does adapt to it as well too but some of the things that the profile will give you which I think is important when you're connecting it back to um, 
the soft skills that we're talking about is it will help you to learn how to respond to things that challenge you. Um, and mm-hmm. so when we feel uncomfortable, our most natural reactions come out. And that's why when yeah. you see people who are in crisis mode or in conflict, like their whole face changes and they get very uncomfortable or they get snappy or you can just see different tendencies, right? And that affects the team overall. Um, you sure. also learn about how you influence others around you and what your actions specifically do to others, right? So being in the I category with you, um, we're very much known as being talkers. So we both are probably in the perfect <laughs> positions for ourselves, yeah. right? Like we're doing this podcast and I'm consulting. So we get we get paid to talk, which is where I yes. should really be, right? But we may not follow up um, and necessarily provide written documents or written procedures. Like we feel like we can just talk, talk, talk. We can get our communication out. Well, that doesn't work for everyone, right? So we need to remember that we need to adapt our style a little to make sure that we can be more effective. Um, And we learn more about what your pace style may be and how, you know, you respond to maybe a certain set of rules. And so... When you look at those four styles, the D style is active in questioning. Um, Their general brief description for them, they're known as being direct, forceful, and outspoken, but they're also like natural born leaders, right? So in COVID, they were the ones who grabbed the reins and they were like, we've got this, we're moving forward. This is how we're going to, you hear a lot of this, right? Like it's just, I think a lot of the leaders on our team actually are D. Absolutely. Or or have D in it. Yeah. Like our executives. Our executive team is a lot of D. Yeah, you'll see that. There are a lot of ownership groups that are Ds. You'll see that in managers as well, a lot of DNI managers. And again, it's important to note that everybody has all four styles. Yeah. yeah. And yet nobody, no one style is better than another. And those are kind of the behind the scenes rules of DISC that I always like to point out because someone always is like, uh, and no, no style is better except mine. And it's like, no. <laughs> yeah. um, the DNI style is active. So they're very fast paced and accepting. They're known as being outgoing, enthusiastic, and lively. I describe the is kind of like the jazz hands of the group, right? Mm. Like they're the entertainers of the group, no question. Um, The S, and they're really good um, in sales, right? So they're good in leadership and sales. They can make quick decisions, um, but they're definitely very, they stand out in the crowd. Um, It's not hard to traditionally determine what an I is. Um, The S style is steadiness. Um, They're more thoughtful and accepting. So they're considered to be gentle, accommodating, and patient. So this style is exceptionally good um, on the sales floor, front line. Um, They care so much about the people around them and they'll almost put everyone else in front of themselves. So um, they're the caretakers of the the organization. So they make incredible sales folks. Um, And then the C style is the conscientiousness. Um, They're a little more thoughtful and questioning they're more analytical reserved and precise so you'll find and again anyone can work in any positions of course but c's really like the spreadsheets and diving into the data and so they you'll traditionally feel most comfortable working in inventory again you can work anywhere but that's where um traditionally we'll see some of those roles and positions played but you know everyone again is all four styles so i've seen every style in every position and they can do a really great job as well there yeah yeah well that's a great breakdown of kind of like explaining what all the different um all the different sections are and then like you said so you're a di so people can be it's not just usually just one like you could be more influenced like i know i'm i but then i have a little bit is is right below the i is that where the s is 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Or is that the C? Okay, because I think nope. I have some lines yep. that go into the S. And I yeah, might yes, have some a little bit that goes into um, the D as well. But like C is like, I am, I am everything, yeah. but like my C is very, very minimal. So yes, then it yeah, makes yeah, sense exactly. why when people are more heavily C, we're just like opposites. Like I, it's almost yeah. like trying to speak to someone in another language and be like, I don't know. This person is not like, we're not jiving, you know? Is yeah, that, do you story. find that people say that commonly? Oh, absolutely. All the time. And so the two things, so like, yes, you can be right on the line. So like I'm, I first, the second. And so I have a lot of that, but I definitely also have a lot of, can have a lot of the D in as well. And so it's an interesting characteristic where I kind of like, you can play both sides. Um, You'll see that a lot where it's like, you can feel comfortable and flex. So when the eyes, let's say have to, I always say, imagine this in your mind, like draw a circle, especially if you have a disc, you can draw a circle and then um, put the the four quadrants in the DIS and C and then have people stand where they are in the circle. And so Renee, since you're all the way at the end of an eye, we found a C that was like all the way at the end of this circumflex is a C. And we asked you to, to hold a rubber band between the two of you. Like you could do it and you would hold the rubber band, but eventually you'd start like having to flex your muscles a little bit, right? And you'd be just like, get a little bit tighter. And then like your arms are starting to get sore. And the longer you have to do it, the more energy it takes to work together. And so, yes, could you, could you do it? Absolutely. Right. Could you do it for a long time? Yes, probably. (laughs) It would take some extra energy, but when you're done and you let go of that rubber band, your arms are going to be tired. You are going to be mentally tired from working from someone in a different style. And the key is like, that's what one of the big things that we do within DISC is say, let's learn about that other style and figure out what they need. So if you're working with someone that's an opposite style, so C's, for example, like to be able to review the data and review the information before um, we go through it, like as a team. And so if you're working with someone that's an opposite style, it gives you that great opportunity to say, here's the information ahead of time. Please feel free to look through this, take your time to process through it, where you may just be able to cruise through and feel more comfortable with it. So we go through sure. very specific things like that that say this is going to help not just the communication in your organization, but literally the communication between each and every person in your organization because everybody communicates differently. Yeah. So for retailers that want to focus on like improving or even seeking out team members um, with certain like soft skills that maybe they possess, would you say DISC is then a good tool to use to kind of see where they may fall and what some of their, what some of their soft skills that they might have would be? Yeah, absolutely. I think it teaches you, um, you know, once you start speaking the language of DISC within your organization, I think it really is helpful to, to say, oh, this is where you may feel most comfortable. One of the, one of the nice parts about the assessment is there's a page that talks about what motivates you and what stresses you. And a lot of times when you read through that, so let's say you have a couple of people on your team and you start reading through what stresses them and it's basically their job description, you may realize that every single day you've got this person coming to work and what you're doing is stressing them out. Whereas a position change or something may happen where it at least opens up the conversation to say, hey, you know, what, let's talk about this. And you can really, what, what's nice is you can use the assessment as kind of this topic to open up topics. So you can say, well, let's talk about the assessment. Let's look at your stressors. And they're written right there on the paper and you can kind of share about that. Where normally, if you were going to sit down with an employee and be like, what stresses you out? Like, it's not going to, that's not yeah. going to go well, right? First of all, they're 
probably going to immediately be stressed. They may not be able to verbalize it or tell you. Whereas if you can work through that and say, oh, wow, I think I'm, I think what I'm doing here is really putting this employee in a stressful situation that may not be good, right? Whereas it may be the opposite, right? Like you may know like, oh, wow, this really motivates you. You want something more fast paced. Like you mm -hmm. love to be in front of people. And, and so you can adapt and adjust the positions accordingly too and say, hey, I think you'd be really good at this position or you might be really good at this position, but at least opens up the dialogue that you can have within them. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I know it could be generalizations because it's like with anything, mm -hmm. you don't want to say, oh, you are this and this is everything <laughs> on this sheet is you. Um, but do you think that different disc personalities um, have different, um, are better or maybe have room for improvement for different types of soft skills and do you mind maybe sharing some examples for each of those what yeah, maybe the, sure. what, some of the good things that they're really exceptional at and the things they might need to work more on yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, when, when we do this in a setting, we've done it, you know, in person and virtually, and that mm -hmm. kind of is both ways it works. One of the things that starts popping up is it's kind of like this conversation where you can be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not good at that, or I'm really good at yeah. that, or that's so you, right? When And so when you start going through the list, um, everyone will be able to gain improved communication from it 100%. Like everyone sure. that you know wants to engage it can do that. But if we go through each of the styles, and I and I come in peace at all four styles, right? Because as yes. you said, this is just a generalization. When we're talking about Ds, um, they can be really excellent decision makers. So you know, being able to make quick decisions and solve problems are two really important soft skills, and they are exceptionally good at it. Um, they also are really good at adapting and being innovative, which are also so important, um, especially in the leadership. They often shine there. Um, they struggle a bit with being patient. Um, they, mm -hmm. they definitely need to expend more energy. So if someone is... Um, wanting to be heard or wants someone to listen to them, D's will struggle with that. And because there aren't, it's nothing personal. They're just already like two or three topics That's ahead, right? And yeah. you're moving at such a fast pace, it's hard for them to slow down. So they may struggle um, when it comes to connecting or listening, which is also a really important skill um, to have sure. within there. So again, really good qualities and some areas that they know that they'll have to expend some extra energy to do. Um, they also uh, sometimes will move on a little too quickly. And so the accountability for certain things are very good at innovating new ideas, but mm -hmm. implementing may be someone else's deal yeah. and they may need to balance their team accordingly. Um, the eyes really value coaching and mentoring others. So they're very good on teamwork or teamwork building and making sure that the team is good. Um, they're good at verbal communication. And I note verbal. <laughs> they may yeah. not be written. Um, they're optimistic. And so they can really help to see a lot of solutions in the weeds. And um, if someone brings negativity towards them, they can kind of brush through that and, and kind of push through and get everybody else to kind of get on board. Um, they are all about collaboration. So they really want to make sure that there's a positive team demeanor, which is so important, um, especially when you're coming to work every day and you need some positivity. Sure. And they will offer positive feedback on a regular basis. So mm -hmm. if someone's doing a good job, they're going to shout it out at you and just make sure that, you know, you know, you're doing a good job, which is not easy for all, all skill sets. Um, but they do struggle with, you know, crossing the T's and dotting the I's. They're not the best at accountability. 
They don't prefer to have to like speak directly to someone that maybe has done something they shouldn't do. So they, they struggle a bit with conflict resolution. So, but to be fair, almost all, all styles struggle with <laughs> yeah. conflict resolution. It's not something people are comfortable with. Um, and they often um, will overtake the conversation or um, can kind of take control, right? So sure. I'm always talking about that. I'm like, and sorry, I'm probably doing it. Yeah. Um, the S style is really motivated by cooperation and opportunities to work together. So when you describe teamwork, like you, they're really the ultimate team player. They don't need mm-hmm. any recognition. They're really all about everybody else. So the, they'll, they'll be the stable one in the group. And so they offer uh, a safe place teams that um, have a lot of S's on them. They feel very safe. And so, you know, there's a lot of good opportunity for people to feel creative and to do different things because they feel like they have a voice within the organization. And so they really help um, each other out. They definitely struggle or need to expend more energy to adapt to change. So um, it's harder for them to be innovative or to, to kind of think outside the box and or to solve problems. They'd rather just kind of stick to the, you know, the true policies and procedures that have worked for, for a very long time, but they will make the team overall feel, you know, very welcome and at home. Sure. Um, and then the C's are so good at critical thinking and we desperately need them in our organizations to make sure that, you know, the work is really put in and that um, it's not just we kind of a wing it thing. We need to make sure that critical thinking and um, some of the problem solving, we can rely on them to have the data to make the decisions that we need to make, um, especially when things are happening quickly. And so they can, they traditionally already have that data. And so we'll be able to share it with us. Um, They're very organized. Um, They will help the rest of the team with time management skills and hold you Mm -hmm. accountable if you don't do the things that you need to do because they live in a very structured, organized um, world and they need everyone else to kind of play their part to make their part work as well. Um, They can traditionally be more private and prefer to work alone. So it's a little harder for them to work on teams or to lead teams and they'd almost prefer to kind of work independently and then then come in and they struggle a bit with delegating um, work because... Um, they probably, they think they probably could they, do it better. They're than like, I can just do it. I don't yeah. need, yeah. yeah. And likely, likely they probably would be extremed in more detail um, than to share it on. So again, there's, there's, you know, what's ne- nice about this and especially we talk a lot about soft skills and, and all the consulting services, including DISC, but um, we talk a lot about that because we say, Hey guys, look how important it is that we have all four of these styles in our group. And we make sure that we have the balance of what we need because look how good you are at this or how good you are at that. And this is some, some areas I may need some support. And then we help build in the areas that say, okay, if you're not, say you're not good at giving feedback, well, let's add it to your schedule and say, can I, I need to go look around and see some of the things that maybe are good or whatnot. And so we can build in resources to make them better leaders as well. So how do you think an employee's soft skills, whether it's an employee or it's the, I mean, everyone's employees, but whether it's the, you know, associates or it's a manager or it's an owner, um, how do those soft skills make or break a customer's experience? You know, I think it's so crucial, really. I think you can feel um, when you go into a store um, how a store is culturally the impact that's there, right? So if the employees are being taken care of, like you can see the product, you can know that it's there. You can't necessarily see if somebody has... 
um, product knowledge per se, but you can, you'll know right away if somebody's good at customer service or if they're a good communicator and it can really make or break every single interaction that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, so if someone makes eye contact and they smile at you, you're much more drawn to them. And so they're the, the customer service aspects, you know, we, we really drill that in because it's so incredibly important to the experience. I joke because literally I'm so ingrained with, um, smiling and making eye contact that every single store I go into, someone's like, can you tell me where this is? And my husband's always like, why does everyone think you work here? Yeah. And it's because it's such a transferable soft skill that's like, hey, you can take this into any field. Um, and often, you know, when when we're looking for people who are really good at customer service or really good at relating to other people or communicating, those skills can be, rank higher than they would um, if you know everything there is to know about plumbing or paint. And so sure. those are such important things. Um, if you are empathetic to a customer who's having a really bad day, right? So in, in the trick in our industry is you may have somebody that's coming in to buy plants and soil, and then the next person's getting paint, and then the next person's basement is flooding, right? And each sure. one of those are going to be in different moods, and you have to be able to solve their problem and yeah. adapt very quickly. And if you aren't um, trained to do that, then it can be really difficult, and it shows very quickly for the customer, um, and it definitely affects their overall experience. So I think you have to always be talking about why we need to you know, dive into these soft skills and really focus. Focus on them and then train towards them to help the customers. Well, and kind of a break off of that um, is also going, okay, like for me, if I was working in a hardware store setting, I'm Mm -hmm. just a, you know, I'm an employee, me working in the back, working with the spreadsheets and doing the data would be miserable. Mm -hmm. I would not be happy and I would not be using my skills to the best of my abilities. So saying, okay, let's take her out of the back room, which, and that's a very important thing for any business. So you need the person that I'm assuming someone who's in that might be more of a C or maybe even a CS or something like that. Um, Whereas me, I would be great on the sales floor, like you said, helping people, you know, talking to people, that type of thing. And so part of it is, yes, you can train for soft skills and improving in certain areas, but then also maybe saying, this is an area where these people are, are rock stars with customer service. These people are rock stars with the, you know, IT. These people are rock stars with this and just kind of figuring out, and you had mentioned this earlier, but finding where people best fit. Yeah. Would you, oh, would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's, and it's opening that conversation up, right? Cause mm-hmm. there's always, you know, surprises within, but it's funny you say that. So if we had you in the back um, and, you know, we had you researching some, you know, history or some, some spreadsheets and you're looking in the history of sales reports, um, very likely you would have already removed yourself and you would just naturally be drawn to the store, so, sure. to the front end. And so we'd be like, why is Renee out front again? Why is Renee? Out front again? Yeah. And very quickly then you'd say, uh Oh, I think, you know, we, we have a situation here and where there may be the same thing where someone's drawn to a different um, type of the store. And I think every time you can have an open conversation about, you know, how are things going? What do you like about what you're doing? You know, what, what are your favorite parts of your job? Um, that really is where a lot of those conversations pop up, you know, or have you seen a different position in the company that you're like, oh, I wonder if that's interesting and would you like to try it? Because that's where you can dive in and really dig into what, what motivates or drives people to come to work or what they're passionate about. And when you're working on something you're passionate about or you like to do, it really shines, right? So yeah. you can see someone in their moment and you're like, wow, they're really in the right spot. And 
just the same on the opposite end. If you see somebody just that just looks miserable in what they're doing, you know, it's time to have that conversation and just say, hey, you know, like what's going on or how are things going or what areas can I help you with? So 100% that's so true. I wonder if you've ever, have you ever worked with someone who's had like a light bulb moment and gone, oh, like either for themselves or a colleague and gone, you're not happy right now because you're doing something that isn't necessarily what you're drawn to. And like sometimes I think people almost try to say, I've always wanted to be a lawyer or they'll say, I've always wanted to do this. And they like, it's like putting a round peg in a square hole where it's like, you think that this is what you want, but do you, but does it, does it fit? You know? Oh, absolutely. I, I, and you know, it's it's funny because it's the same thing where you'll see somebody who's working in that position. It happens a lot when um, through the years you'll you'll find, you'll hire people for cashiers, and they're like, "No, absolutely." And I think cashier is one of the most amazing and important jobs in the industry, no question. Mm-hmm. And you'll hire somebody at the register, and um, all of a sudden they're just always not at the register, right? They're helping a customer somewhere else, or they're moving away, and very quickly you're like this person really wants to be on the sales floor and what can we do about that? And so all of a sudden they'll be wanting to learn the paint desk or they'll be wanting to learn something else. And and it's like, okay, absolutely. We can adjust and learn those skills for you. We see it in management a lot. Um, one of the things I think, um, I, I talk about this a lot when I'm working with folks, which is sometimes you'll have an individual contributor that's just an all-star. They're just so good at everything they do and they just bring it all the time. And we're like, they need to be in management because they're so good at what they do. They would be an incredible leader in the store. And so we put them into that position um, and we've changed them from like this individual contributor to a manager who really ultimately is somebody who kind of takes a step back and then makes the best for their team, right? So now your team gets the recognition. Um, you're, it's all about what you can make your team do and how you can lead your team. And then that person gets in that position and very quickly they're like, this isn't what I thought it was. I They're an yeah. incredible individual contributor, but they've gone into kind of the management path. And all of a sudden, instead of feeling comfortable to say, hey, I think I might have made the wrong decision in this career path change um, or position change, they'll likely leave. And so you could lose somebody who in their own role was so good, but because we kind of projected a path on them, um, it didn't work. And that and that happens because we have a vision a lot of times for where we see people, but it's you got to pair that with where they are and kind of what their strengths are and then have that open conversation to say, hey, it's okay to try something new and maybe you will and maybe you won't like it. But, you know, I, I definitely in my own experience have seen people leave because we've overwhelmed them in positions or we put them in the wrong position and didn't follow up. Right. Sure. So, um, is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners about, you know, maybe final thoughts on first of all, soft skills. And then if they are wanting to improve their soft skills and maybe they say, Hey, this disc sounds really interesting. Maybe they watch the webinar, but they want to give it a try. Like, like what would you say to them about like after listening to this and kind of maybe researching some more? Yeah, I think I think the most important thing to know is that you absolutely can train on soft skills um, mm-hmm. and it's really about leaning in and making sure that you do that. I think true leaders are always focusing on sharpening their own personal soft skills and then mm-hmm. creating teams that also are working on their soft skills, right? So if you're always working on building the team below you and and kind of leaning in to each other, it can really be an effective communication. And 
ultimately, um, if you work on your soft skills, it will really come down to helping your overall company culture, you as a leader and an individual, um, you need to develop your team. So make sure that in some form or fashion, you're, you're developing your team to know what these soft skills are and, and why they're important. Um, and you need to give the accountability and feedback to kind of connect at that. So regardless of where the person is within the company, if you learn a little bit more about maybe what some of their strengths are or some of their opportunities, you can teach them not only hard skills, but definitely soft skills too. And, and just work through and be more consistent about talking about them. And I think DISC obviously is an incredible tool um, for anyone to be able to use. You can you can kind of get in at any level. So if you're interested in just taking the assessments, um, we've got lots of information online um, on, on our website, yournhpa.org, that has specific information about the different type of assessments we have. So we didn't touch on all of them, but there's management, there's emotional intelligence, there's workplace, there's a lot of different opportunities there. So you can, you can just kind of, you know, get, started with it and take the assessments and do a webinar with myself um, and we can focus on some of those things. If you're you're interested in some of the other things we're talking about or even, you know, I would say make sure you're learning about diving into programs. You may have a manager that's newer and so you'd say, hey, I want to get them connected with other managers that maybe they've got more experience. Our Foundations of Leadership class is good for networking. Obviously, our, our, our retail management certification class is really good for networking. And then, of course, if you want to go and dive into some of the other programs where you're like, hey, I'd love to get an idea on how to assess where my business is. And I'm, it's a really good tool just to say, like, this is where we are. This is where we want to get to. Here's some of our goals. Um, what's an outside perspective that will make sure that we get there? And what are some tools to help us? And then we'd obviously love to come out and learn more about your program through either the team builder or vision process. And if you have any interest in any of them, I am more than happy to, to share on those. I, again, am incredibly passionate about the hardware retailing and paint industry and just want to do everything we can to help all of you be able to connect better with your teams and improve that overall communication and company culture. Yeah, definitely. So like Kim was saying, if you want more information, you can go to yournhpa.org. Um, and then if you go to, at the top, there's going to be a button that says education, scroll down to the bottom, click team training, and there's going to be a bunch of resources there for you to check out. And, um, Kim's information is there. Scott's information is there. And we also have, um, a form where you can put in your name and email and they could get in touch with you from there. So all of that information is going to be available and, um, just Kim, thank you so much for your time today and really enjoyed talking to you. Obviously we're two eyes because we just kept gapping away, <laughs> but I just really enjoyed this topic. This type of stuff is very fascinating to me because I'm yeah. like, I feel like the more I understand other people and what makes them tick, then the better I can, like you said, communicate with them. That's going to be effective and we won't be rubbing button heads, especially because my right. personality doesn't want to butt heads. I'm like, well, yeah. I want everyone to be harmonious and like each other. This is, right. well, you know. So. And, we, and we want to make sure that we're effectively communicating and getting our message across, right? So when you're passionate about your message, 
um, you know, you hate that if you're communicating and the message doesn't get received, it's it's just talking at that point. So mm -hmm. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here. I just wanted to add one last thing because um, sure. this is something I keep near and dear to my heart is that know that every great leader learned from someone else and we're all a work in progress. So wherever you are on this journey, just know that one step forward is a huge step forward. And um, we really look forward to talking with you all and answering any questions you may have. So thank you, Renee, so much for the opportunity to be here. Of course. Have a good one. You too.